We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. All right, welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Daniel. And I just wanted to thank all the listeners for sending all the feedback. Uh, we are here because of you and your questions. We really appreciate all of the, the feedback that you've given us and, and the questions that you've asked. It just gives us uh, a good idea of where to direct our content. Today, we've got something exciting for you. This is a follow-up. Yeah, it's really a, over a year follow-up. And uh, we have, I know, it's so crazy. Um, I would like to welcome John Gosselin back to the office. Hey, thank you guys. I'm glad to be here. Welcome back. Yeah. So so, uh, John underwent single follicular unit hair transplantation 14 months ago. And, you know, at that time, we kind of went through the entire process. And we've had a previous podcast. You could refer to that on hair transplantation. Um, but we kind of wanted to have his input and, and uh, his perspective on the entire procedure, the recovery, and where he's at now. So listen, I'll, I'll let and you know. You... The nice part about it is you've had a previous hair transplantation, right. but it's mm-hmm. it's more the old fashioned, um, which is a strip uh, follicular. Uh, uh, transplantation which is you take a big strip of, of hair from the back of the scalp and then you transplant it so it's good to see and and talk to you about the difference and the experience and what you think worked better what didn't and kind of take us through what your experience was like um so <clears throat> let's talk about the first hair transplant i had it was um like the doctor said i they took a strip out of the back of my head pretty much sewed my head back together and then they harvested follicles from the strip and implanted them in my head do you remember? Do you recall how yes. many uh, Im- how many um, graphs they took from the first? I think the first one because they did my widow's peak was over three thousand. Okay. okay, so they took a huge swath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on an episode somewhere out there. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is, and um, the recovery was horrific. Yeah, it's yeah. like I got in a car accident. Um, my head was swollen. I had to fly back to Pennsylvania. You couldn't wear a hat. You had a bandage, so a million people are asking you what's wrong. Um, it was so unbearable. Like your head's half cut open. Yeah. I had to sleep in a chair uh, for a good week. Um, it, it was just super uncomfortable and painful, and and that's why I waited so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and did it, to, did it work? Do you feel like the first yeah. one did? Yeah, okay, it did cool. work. Um, but, you know, it was new, and they told me it was new and, and all this stuff. So that one was probably... 2007, 2008. Okay. Somewhere around there. And at that time, you know, it worked. Do you think it looked natural? Um, yeah. Once it started to grow in, now the hairs were really fine. Mm-hmm. And th- that falls out and then thicker hair grows in. Mm-hmm. And I had about um, three to four hairs per follicle when they did the evaluation. Sure. Um, so it was very... Um, you had to like retrain your hair. Yeah. It was like so different. Like I used to part my hair down the middle or pull it back and now I have a part to my right. So it, you had to like change your hairstyle and stuff like that. 
Um, but that's good. That it was a, had a hairstyle. It was like nine hours. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. It was yeah. long. Yeah. And, you, and you did that awake as well, right? Yeah, you, they did um, a local and Versed. Okay. So I remember I was in and out, in and out. But you can feel the pressure, especially when they slice your scalp open. Definitely. I'm like, I'm just being like, I don't have like medical terminology. No, no okay. listen, totally I get fine. it. You I know, have patient terminology. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's good yeah. for all of our listeners. So the idea is, remember, this is the difference between FUT, which is follicular unit tr- uh, transplantation versus FUE, which is follicular unit extraction. And so the difference is, as you, as John said, you cut out this large strip and then you harvest all of the bulbs or the follicles from that strip. But it leaves an awful scar. The downtime is much worse. I've seen wounds split open or become infected. Um, And so now uh, with newer technology, the follicular unit extraction is essentially we're pulling single follicles at a time all over the hair and then splitting those. As John referenced, um, sometimes a follicle will have three or four hairs per follicle. And so you can take those, split them, and they can look extremely natural. So... Uh, you know, the evolution was the original groupings, which was, uh, you know, the traditional cornrow uh, appearance. Then it was follicular unit transplantation, and then it was this single follicular unit extraction. So um, how would you say, you know, take us through the experience you had here, compare it to the last one, and, um, you know, um, give me So, I mean, my hair consultation here started well on, the, on my second surgery. It was great meeting you guys, and... They really explained everything to the detail, maybe more detail than I actually needed, but must have been, <laughs> must have been Dr. Lee. <laughs> but I was just like all these words and I Googled them later. So it didn't matter. <laughs> and, um, then they uh, show me the apparatus and you know how that works. Mm-hmm. I compared it to, it's like a tiny little ant eater and it pulls the, mm-hmm. the things out. Um, so I was like, but I was still apprehensive about the pain. Like I didn't know what to expect because Definitely. my first one was so painful, and I, you know, I told my friend over here, um, who brought me in to meet y'all, uh, Adrian, and she was like, "It's not gonna be bad. It's not gonna be. Bad. Everyone does it." No, no, no. I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay." So the first one was really bad. Yeah. But yeah. Um, now once now during the um, during the procedure when I got here, um, you know, it was it was very relaxing. Um, now the numbing, obviously, when you stick a needle in anything, it's gonna hurt. But uh, I don't know what the anesthesia is, Novocaine or whatever. Yeah, we sure. use yeah. a lidocaine. Your lidocaine. Yeah. So after you get your two lidocanes, now you, your whole head is numb. And they just keep on numbing you and numbing you until you feel like you have a helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you have a football helmet on your head. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the good when, part is they keep doing it throughout the procedure, so you never really have to feel that sensation again. So, yeah. Um, that's a good part. The saddest part is I got a haircut and then I got another haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so like they, they like shave you down to nothing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the girls come in and they look at where a good graph site would be. And you know, they, they're telling you all this while you're out of it and numbed. <clears throat> and, um, they start harvesting the follicles. Mm-hmm. They draw a map out with marker and all that kind of stuff, I think. And then, they start using the machine and it's a weird feeling at first. The it's like, um, you know, there's pre- like you feel pressure, mm-hmm. but you obviously are so numbed and then they start implanting into the site and it wasn't painful at all. Um, I don't know how long it took. I, I was here for a couple hours. I think I did over 1100. 
I think we actually we we had closer to twenty six hundred oh, okay. something like that. So yeah. it was, you know, it was a, a, a decent. I was amount. really bald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but it was sad because like I got this first hair transplant, which did my widow peak, and now I have this bald spot. So it's like I wanted to do it, and I'm Asian, and I'm not very tall. So everyone taller than me, including women, could see my <laughs> reflective area. <laughs> You know, so I have all this hair out front now and nothing in the back. So it actually worked out really well. Um, recovery. Um, I flew from L.A. back to Philadelphia. Um, my poor daughter had to do with me. But no, I was fine. I mean, I just wore a hat, um, a loose fitting cap on the airplane. I couldn't do that with the first surgery because mm -hmm. it was like surgery, surgery. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just went home. And um, you know what I did? I took... Um, when it was really itchy, because it gets irritated and itchy, and it was more itchy at the site than the it harvest was sites. the harvest site. Yep. Like I got ingrown hairs and stuff like that, and I took care of that. But the where the uh, implant site, like my bald spot, it wasn't itchy at all. So what I did, I took hydrocortisone cream mm -hmm. and I just rubbed it on the site mm -hmm. so I could sleep because okay. you're not supposed to scratch it. So yeah, sometimes you're like can going, drive you a you're going insane. But that was only a week. When I had the first one, it was weeks. It was like two to three weeks of insane itchiness, like torture. Yeah. Yeah, because so. if you think about it, they take a really big cut, and that's healing. And while it's healing, it itches like crazy. This, like a, like imagine they're scale. tiny mm -hmm. little punch biopsy sites. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about it is, is, is plastic surgeons, one of the most important things, probably the most important thing for us is, making sure that we hide scars for whatever operation we're doing. So if you're doing a facelift, or even if you're doing liposuction, we wanna make sure that those scars are hidden so nobody can see them, because you don't want it to be obvious. The old way of doing this hair transplantation, and we were talking about this earlier today, leaves you with a big scar in the back of your head. Eventually, if you do go bald in that area, you've got a huge scar there, and it's a reminder of having the hair transplantation, transplantation everyone can see it. This way, it's scarless. Yeah, no it really tell. is a scarless type of hair transplantation, which is a game changer. And for some people that have a lot of hair loss, like if you've had good results, which you've had, you can always get a second session just to get more hair as long as your donor area has enough hair, mm -hmm. which most people it does. We'll get people that come in for two, three, four hair transplants because they just wanted a fuller, thicker area mm -hmm. of hair. Yeah. So, Yeah, I keep my hair pretty short on the sides. But um, because of the scar, I go like a, for the guys, a two and a half, a three mm -hmm. usually. But this time I cut it really short because I know I'm traveling a lot. And I won't be back to my barber. I use the same barber for 27 years. So <laughs> nice. uh, I won't that. be back for him for a while. So he cut it shorter. But I know it'll grow in and I just have to deal with the scar. So like if I come back and do a second one, it'll probably be over the scar. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I know my donor site's probably pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got plenty of yeah. hair in the back. Um, now, did you t now after surgery... Tell us about what you took. Did you take any supplements? Did you do any oh, topical yeah. solutions? Anything like that. Okay, so we can kind of talk about continue. what's a good protocol. Because we have a certain way we want to set it up for people. And other places have other protocols. But what did you do? So John gave me um, Kintsugi. Am I saying it right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, that stuff's awesome. And I used it all. <laughs> yeah, the, the, we have more for yeah. you. The the, uh, the Caranu is a supplement that has horsetail powder, salt palmetto. You know the usual biotin. You know the funny part is we all we all think that biotin is good for hair, skin, and nails, but there's never been any data to show that it actually is. Um, but we do have uh, some studies on horsetail powder and salt palmetto, which actually 
It inhibits the conversion of DHEA into DHT, dihydrotestosterone, which is uh, uh, the aging hormone. And in doing so, uh, can lead to hair growth um, just because less hair falls out. So we use that afterwards. You know, I, I always give the same analogy when it comes to hair transplantation. We have to take a supplement which prepares the soil and then we plant the bulbs and now you have to do something, you have to water the grass. And that's where not only did we have the Karenu, but we also mm-hmm. have you know, some of the Kintsugi products. Uh, there's a special shampoo, there's an awakening mist that has Redensil in it, which is two, twice as effective as Minoxidil. So using some of these at the appropriate times can maximize your uh, potential outcome. Listen, I just did what you told me to do, <laughs> and it smelled really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I had more bottles than my daughter in the shower. God, so now great. I was like, that's I awesome. I love it, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm very basic. I'm like, just do what he tells you to do. I like it. And we'll I give you the yeah. instructions. You follow them. I love it. And, and tell me about your result. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love my result. I mean, I don't normally look at the top of my head, but people, <laughs> you know what? A lot of women ask me what I got done. Because, you know, you have um, recovering case, cancer patients or hair loss or from chemo or whatever. Um, light-haired women uh, always ask me, oh, so it's thicker and you used to be bald and now you're not. And where'd you go? And so, you know, I have to go through this whole spiel. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like what we're talking about. But, um, you know, they're very interested. Guys, yeah, I'm just going to shave it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't want to really go through. I mean, I live on the East Coast, so it's a little different. Out here, it's like, <laughs> yeah. You look around, you're like, uh, where, where am I? Everyone's got yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got hair. Everyone's thin. Everyone's running on the yeah. beach at like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's a different. <laughs> I'm coming home at five o'clock yeah. in the morning. It's a different ball game. It's different. Here. Way different. You know, so what I would say for all our listeners, um, you know, again, I think single follicular unit hair transplantation, great result. Now, how can we maintain? Because remember, you're still losing some of the hairs. Uh, that would normally fall out, right? So the transplanted hair stay, but you're still losing. So we have to do something to hang on to what we have. Um, and so I would say in the algorithm of hair transplantation, the next step would be exosome. So people, listen, forever we've been doing PRP or platelet-rich plasma injections, and those are those can be phenomenal uh, at, at maintaining hair follicles. Um, I think newer regenerative medicine technologies are uh, are slowly emerging, and this is where exosome therapy is going to be uh, phenomenal. So exosome injections, these are the little microvesicles that carry all of the growth factors that can actually turn on a dormant or senescent uh, hair follicle. So you know now we've got actual growth. This is the next step. And if that doesn't work, uh, you know, then we move to a second transplantation. And the idea is, again, the transplanted hair stays. So we can always take those hairs from the sides and the back, transplant them to the top. You have a thicker head of hair, and uh, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And, and some protocols will also put in things like Propecia. Um, you know, Propecia is going to actually help you with, with orally stopping hair loss by conversion of what Dr. Lake just talked about with, you know, there's a, the aging hormone or the hair loss hormone. So Propecia will kind of, it's an alpha reductase inhibitor. We're not going to get into this whole toll spiel of how it works, but that's one other way of really helping maintain your hair that you have. So you don't lose more plus or minus either Redensil or Minoxidil. Now there are some new studies that showed that you can take oral minoxidil. There's not enough data out there, but the studies are very, very, very promising that not only will it help with hair growth, 
but it also will help have you not lose as much hair. But until those results and, and studies get out there further, I wouldn't go out and run out and buy minoxidil orally. It is an antihypertensive drug that has been used for years. So the dose is significantly lower when it's done for hair loss. So we'll keep you updated on that. It's something very exciting, but we still don't know how to really use it. Um, I've been thinking about doing this. So would you recommend this to whoever your friends or, or other people? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's not invasive. Recovery time is quicker. Um, great results. And no scars. And um, it, it's... You know, and you can continue to do it as long as the donor site's good. So yeah, just a win-win. Yeah, and if, you, and if you think about it, I'm asking him. We do this regularly, but it's much easier. No, but it's much easier to really get it from somebody who's done it. Mm-hmm. To get a real experience from a patient is much easier than the doctor because I'm operating on people all day long. I'm like, it's a piece of cake, do it. Yeah. And then some people are like, man, that life suction hurt, or man, that was difficult. But everyone that does hair transplants kind of comes out of here and says that was pretty easy. And when you see people doing a procedure for a second and a third time, you realize that it actually is as easy as it is. So, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming in today. This is yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, like after the first one, I was like, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, and, and, I'm not doing that again. You know, we have patients like that that come in. They've had procedures elsewhere. Uh, you know, and every every physician or every plastic surgeon has their own protocol, and sometimes. Um, you know, we learn from other physicians. If we hear of a better protocol or we hear of something where the patient had a better experience, I want to know why. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I can't tell you the number of patients that come in for revisional surgery and they'll tell me that it took them same thing. It took them a long time to get there because they had such a bad experience. And then we go through one of our protocols. They say, gosh, it was so easy. Not to say all of ours are like that, but um, I think we've we've got a, a pretty good protocol for getting you ready for surgery, the procedure itself, and afterwards to make this as uh, a comfortable experience as possible. Yeah, see, my father was a dentist, so I'm going to metaphorically speak. <laughs> the first procedure is a root canal with no, me- no pain. <laughs> <laughs> this, this procedure is like just getting your teeth clean and maybe you have a little gingivitis, so they got to get in there a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> I love Jeff, that. You so you didn't, I mean? you didn't want to become a dentist? Uh, yeah, so people ask me this all the time, and I'm never sticking my hands in anyone else's mouth. Yeah, yeah I felt the same way when people were like, so why'd you become a doctor and not a dentist? I'm like, mouth kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah, There's like things that go on there. <laughs> I don't want to know. It's a dirty spot, there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I really thank you for coming yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and sharing your experience. I think it's so helpful for our listeners to you know, glean some information from you and to hear from an actual individual um, you know, that has gone through it. So, uh, again, I appreciate you sharing yeah, your sure, story. Absolutely. I can't be thankful enough for you guys. Well, listen, yeah. next steps. We talked about exosome injections, uh, and, and so we'll, we'll see yeah. what, what, ha- what happens. I just want to thank our listeners uh, for, for uh, hanging out with us. Hopefully you learned something today. I do want to thank our guest, John Goslin. Uh, thank, thank you, you so guys much. very much. Thanks for coming in. Glad to be here. And once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Pam Danielpour. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. <laughs>